Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, is LPG professional and Legends Tour player Cindy Miller, and we are the hosts of this morning program. And uh, welcome back to the show. Welcome, Cindy. Well, thank you, Ted. It's great to be back. Yeah, we've been off for a little while, and, and uh, you've had some things going on. And as I was mentioning, I was a little under the weather for the last few weeks and just wasn't up to, uh, to doing the show, so I, I thought, well... Um, now that we're back, I would just put that out there. But um, we've got lots of things to talk about today. We're going to be joined a little bit later on uh, by Jill Mann Streit. She's an LPGA professional and uh, was the National Director of Sales for Golf for Cause. And uh, she's also the president of a newly formed company, uh, I believe last year, uh, that she featured at the um, uh, PJ Merchandising Show uh, called Caddy Snacks. We're going to talk a little bit about that when she comes on to join us. Uh, Plus, uh, she's also the owner of uh, versatile golf another business that she's uh, running and uh, we'll talk about that I think we're going to do that at another time if I'm not mistaken but we may touch a little bit on that if we have time uh, today but uh, but in the meantime thanks everybody for joining us uh, and welcome back uh, this November 8th of course this is uh, uh, election day here in the United States so I know a lot of you are going to be uh, have a very important decision to make so uh, good luck with that and uh, we'll be all all praying that uh, everything goes smoothly um, but also uh, I want to remind everybody, of course, we are live on Tuesday mornings when Cindy and I are here uh, on blogtalkradio.com. Just go to blogtalkradio.com and type in Women of Golf, and that will take you to the main page. Or you can also get get us on iTunes as a podcast. Go to iTunes.com. Again, just type in Women of Golf, and uh, that will take you to the show. Uh, you can also call or speak to any of our guests if you want at any time during the live broadcast on Tuesday, which airs from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, and that number is, of course, 347 347- Nine four five fifty eight fifty five. And if you're interested in, in being a guest on the show, or maybe you have some interesting topics that you'd like to share, uh, you can reach out to either one of us, uh, Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com, and also myself, Ted.GolfTalkLive at gmail.com. As I said, we've got a great show, but first, uh, Cindy, I know you've been busy the last couple of weeks, so uh, let everybody know what, uh, what you've been doing. Well, I went to a U.S. Kids Golf Certification Training, and then I went and I was, uh, Alan and I were on the Golf Channel on Morning Drive two days in a row. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Las Vegas for the LPGA for their regional uh, stroke play and summit. So it's been a busy few weeks and it seems to always be on a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You and you know have, what's funny I, is next get... Tuesday I'm going to be standing on the driving range in Naples, Florida. At the CME Global Championship, so hopefully I can grab a tour player or two. It's body track. We're going to be down at the last tournament of the season for the LPGA Tour, uh, mm. getting traces from my good friend uh, Terry Hashimoto, who happens to be a 
for a Canadian just like you. That's right. Um, gotta gotta thank those Canucks. We we do we do our best to, to add uh, into this wonderful game. Um, let me just say to, very quickly to the folks, and I know you have something you want to share with the with the audience. Um, I did happen to catch most of the. Um, I didn't see it live, but I went and saw the the video portion. Of, of both Cindy and Alan on the morning drive in the Golf Channel. And if you didn't get a chance to see it, um, I believe, Cindy, correct me if I'm wrong, you just go to golfchannel.com and look under uh, the Mar- uh, morning drive archive section, and you should be able to, yeah. to get them there. And uh, great videos, great uh, great tips that both of you guys did. And you guys always do a fantastic job, and that's why they, they bring you back. So uh, make sure if you haven't had a chance to see it, go and do that. But, um, Cindy, you've got something else. You're always working on something. You're always doing something to help grow this game. What are you working on right now? Well, it's funny because I was doing a corporate outing in the spring, and I had a bunch of women who are businesswomen who know Mm -hmm. that they really need to learn how to play golf because they understand the value that, you know, playing golf and having that little tool in your your bucket list, tool chest, if you will, will bring Mm -hmm. more value to them. So they said, though, you know, it's really hard because we have kids and we're gone all day, and when we get home at night, we don't really want to go hire a babysitter and go find some stranger to teach us, and we're really comfortable with you. So why don't you sell us a mat and some balls and a club and give us a course that we can do on our laptop or our iPad or our phone, and we can learn Mm -hmm. in our own backyard. And I said, what a great idea. (laughs) So... In June, I was at the KPMG event, and I'm on the Callaway staff, so I mentioned this great idea to the Callaway person that I know, and she said, wow, that's a really good idea. And I said, well, where am I going to find a mat and some wiffle balls? And she said, well, we happen to have a company that we work with that licenses the Callaway mat and the balls. And they happen hmm. to be in Rochester, New York, which is right next to Buffalo, New York, where I happen to live. So right. it's funny how when you're supposed to do things, things just fall into place. So long story short, this is called the Learn to Hit It Kit. And if you go to learntohititkit.com, you can see that included in this kit is the Callaway Portable Golf Mat, right. Foam Callaway Practice Balls, my Golf 101 book, Callaway has agreed to give everybody a coupon for 10% off any Callaway club that they want, and you wow. get access to the Learn to Hit It kit online course. Hmm. So you get all this for 99 bucks, which is a great deal. And um, I went to Florida and had some uh, freelance camera guys that do a lot of work for the Golf Channel and we filmed uh, 10 modules in this course that you have access to when you buy the kit. And um, so I'm really, really excited about it. It's a great Christmas present for somebody who needs to learn how to play golf. You can learn to hit it anywhere, in your backyard, your living room, um, your front porch, or your hotel room. So it's really a great, great, great product, Um, and I'm very, very excited about it. Well, you know, and and as I said a moment ago, you know, Cindy, you're always working on on something to to really help grow this game and introduce it to 
um, to, uh, you know, not just new people, but people that are maybe struggling with their game. And, you know, we've talked about this before on the show, Cindy, where, you know, a lot of people don't always have time to drive to their local, uh, you know, driving range or, or golf course to, to work on their game. Um, but maybe there's things that they can do at home or, as you said, in a hotel room if they travel. Um, this is a, this is truly a fantastic idea and very, very reasonably priced uh, for all that you're offering here. And it's great that Callaway stepped up and, and helped you put this together. Yeah, I'm very, very excited about it. Again, you know, it's less than most people would pay for one one and one hour lesson. And you get the 10 sessions and the modules on uh, the online training program. So I'm very excited about it. So anybody that needs to Hit it better. Again, I'm, I'm guaranteeing that I'm going to teach you how to hit it clean, airborne, and straight on purpose. So, oh, wow. <laughs> I should, I, yeah. Those are three good things, clean, airborne, and straight yes. on purpose. So I'm very excited about it. 99 bucks. Learn to hit a kit.com if you want to buy yours. All right. Well, we will, right up until our last show of the season, um, before Christmas, we will make sure, Cindy, um, that we keep promoting this because this truly is a great gift. I mean, you can't for $99, as you said, uh, in most cases, you can't even get uh, a one-hour lesson, uh, uh, you know, for that um, with most of the uh, great instructors out there. So we'll, we'll keep plugging that along the way. Fantastic job, as always, Cindy. Um, Cindy, before our, our guest comes on a little bit, I, I put together some notes, and actually I did this this past Thursday with my group on the Coach's Corner and on my other show, Thursday Night's Golf Talk Live. And I, I thought this would be a great one because for two reasons. Uh, not only are you a great uh, teacher professional and coach, um, but you've also had experience as a collegiate golfer. So I thought you would very um, easily be able to relate to some of the questions here. But the first question I want to ask you, which isn't relating to um, the topic today, is defining a, a coach's career is what we, we're going to talk about here. Um, I would like to ask you, uh, what were some of the most valuable tips or even you could switch it and say advice as some of the guys did uh, Thursday night that you remember receiving throughout your golfing career? I don't know that it's a specific tip, but I can tell you that it's a specific attitude. Mm -hmm. And it was from Kathy Whitworth. And it was only a couple years wow. ago. Huh. And, again, we all have specific different personalities. And I'm right. a crazy competitive control freak who's speeding. And everything is about <laughs> efficiency and, you know, return on investment. And what am I going to get? It is this worth my effort and blah, 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 blah. So she just stood on the practice range with me at French Lick Resort. And her attitude was that not of being anxious or anticipating anything. And she said, why don't you be a little more deliberate? Hmm. And I looked at her like, what? What? What'd you say? Huh? Huh? You know. <laughs> and, and she just, because she knows me so well, right? She knows I'm a right. crazy lunatic. And, and it was just like... it. She could have said, take a deep breath. Well, I've heard that before. Shut up. I don't want to right. take a breath. Let's go. I want to hit the ball. And, and right. she just, in her posture of, I'm the queen of golf. I care about you. You're a crazy lunatic. This is what I got out of that. She didn't say any of that. All she right. did was look at me and said, why don't you be a little more deliberate? And it stopped me in wow. my tracks. So that's the best piece of advice I've ever gotten. 
you know, and and let me just for um, for the folks listening out there, of course, you and I, Cindy, are, are familiar with Kathy Whitworth. We know her her record and her accomplishments, and we actually she was our very first guest. Um, when we started this a few years ago on the Women of Golf show, uh, she was our very first official guest, and what an honorable lady. And let me just say this to add to what you just said. If, if uh, you're standing on the tee or uh, up, up near the clubhouse and Kathy Whitworth happens to be standing within listening distance and has something to say to you, you better listen because she's got some great <laughs> <Yeah>. advice. <laughs> yeah. She's um, won more tour events than any man or woman alive, and she's that's right. She's yeah, exactly. Got a quiet confidence, and nobody even knows who she is, and she's just a master. She's awesome. Yeah. So be a sponge when Kathy Whitworth, when you're in her presence, because she's got some valuable tips, and and what a great tip to to start the show off. Um, and and speaking of which, one last thing about Kathy Whitworth, we need to reach out to her and get her back on the show. We haven't had her on for a little while, and I'd love to to catch up with her uh, as well. So. Um, now, I want to move on. The reason why I want to talk about this defining a coach's career, uh, and it really can be applied in, in many different respects, but Cindy, I want to ask you, because um, I know you've worked with, with both ends of the spectrum here, um, but in your teaching methods and, and what you, your philosophy, if you will, how does, your, uh, teaching be, how does teaching beginners differ from teaching some of the more advanced players? What do you see as, as some of the main differences um, that you'd like to incorporate? Well, beginners, again, it all boils back to what they're looking for. You know, are they, right. is a beginner just want to get it in the air? You know, they want to hit it straight. What are they looking for? Um, and it's funny that you mentioned this because we were talking about uh, boot camp. We do a boot camp in the, in the winter. And right. there was a mom that said, you know, well, should my daughter go to boot camp? And I said, well, Here's the catch. If she can't hit the ball, doing a playing lesson or going to boot camp, it's not worth the investment. You must know mm-hmm. how to hit the ball so you can learn how to play. And right. I believe that with all my heart that if you can't hit the ball where you need to go or reasonably well to the target that you're trying to hit at, then there's no sense in trying to get you got to do that first. It's a prerequisite. So right. the difference in trying to get somebody to get better is are they smart enough, are they aware of what they're doing, can they fix their flaws? Because if if we can't do that, we got to go back to stage one. Right, right. Yeah, and and I agree with that. I, I think that you know there is certainly a difference between the two, and you have to understand. I think it goes back to the sort of the initial assessment of a player and understanding, a, you know, sort of a, a, an interview process, if you will, um, that you need to have with the player and decide what it is, why they're there. First off, why are they there? Are they just there to have fun? Are they there because they want to play competitive golf? Um, or, you know, just simply want to play a little bit better golf than what they're currently doing. So you have to understand, first off, why they're there um, and, and get a better understanding of the type of personality that you're dealing with, and that's going to dictate how you're going to cater um, your, your lessons. And then, obviously, more advanced players, I mean, obviously you still want to have some of that same information, but you're also able to um, get a clear picture of where they're at now because they've been playing for a little bit uh, longer. And some of the things that you may want to work with on an advanced player um, – 
obviously you're, you're more than likely not going to work on some of the fundamentals as much as you would with a, a beginning player. So uh, some great points there. Um, I, I want to skip one of the questions because uh, I just decided that I think that it's it, well because of timing also. But, um, but I want to ask you this because, again, I mentioned earlier in the, in the broadcast that you yourself played uh, collegiate golf, of course, for the University of Miami. Uh, but as an instructor, um, you've obviously had to uh, prepare some junior players um, that are working their way up to play collegiate golf, and you, of course, played yourself. Um, going from your own memory as a collegiate golfer and also as an instructor working with players going down that same path that you did, what are some of the things that you think, the important things that really need to be emphasized in preparing somebody and what you feel were emphasized with you in helping you in your collegiate golf career? You know, I, this is probably not the answer you're looking for, but I have to be <laughs> honest with you. Um, when I went to play collegiate golf, and I had a dream of playing on the LPGA Tour, there was no way I was going to fail. And that was my mission, probably too much so, but that was my mission to... I was a walk-on at the University of Miami. I wasn't good enough to be on the team, and I graduated the number one player on the team as team captain, and we won two national championships. So there was no looking back. I burned the bridge right. behind me. And and that being said, it's funny <clears throat> that you say this, because I was just looking online uh, at at the girls, because we've got just girls right now that are playing college golf that we've taught, and right. there is only one one of them who has reached back out for help since they hmm. left for school. Now, wow. they aren't all playing D1, but but see, in my opinion, um, or my experience, I should say, it's not really an opinion, it's my experience and it's my truth, there are not that many people that are that motivated to be that good. And, right. and I must say, that's okay because it's really hard to be really good, and you really have to work at it. But most kids nowadays, if their parents aren't pushing them, I, I've only seen in my uh, – how long have I been doing this? Um, 30 years. Mm. I've only seen a couple who really, 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 really want to work at it, that they're not being pushed by their parents. So if you want to get better, you can definitely get better, but you have to be willing to look in the mirror and expose the elephants and to right. be able to unlock your potential. And not that many people are willing to do that because they don't want to see their flaws. So yeah. that's my input. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. You know, I think, Cindy – that, that's a, a great point that you made. You have to be willing to sort of do your own self-assessment. And, and, you know, everybody sort of assesses their own game that, well, you know, I'm, I'm a good bunker player. You know, if you listen to even some of the players, when you ask them the question, um, you know, about their game, they go into specific um, details. You know, I'm a, I'm a really good driver or, you know, bunker play is my forte or putting or what have you. Uh, but it's only the really good players that are able to take a look at themselves and say, you know what, um, yeah, I'm a great driver of the ball. I hit it straight and long, um, but here's my weak areas, and this is what I need to work on. They're able to understand and accept that they've got some flaws in their game, and they know where they need to put their focus on. And if you don't know where you need to put that focus on, then you better have a great teacher with a great eye to help you 
um, find those areas because you're not going to be able to overcome those challenges uh, if you're not willing to do that assessment of yourself. And, and uh, you know, don't look at it as, you know, I, I know you use the word flaw, and it is in a sense, but it's a flaw that can be overcome with the right, um, you know, attitude. And attitude is everything. If you've got a positive attitude, I think you can overcome just about anything. Would you agree with that? You think? Well, and that, I totally agree. Again, and, and here's the, you know, I'll use myself as an example. I played in the LPGA um, regional stroke play tournament, okay? And, and to be honest with you, I was number one alternate to get into the Legends Tour, and I had committed to go play to, in, in Los Angeles or Las Vegas, and I had a pro-am team. So even if I had gotten into the Legends Tour event, I couldn't go because I had committed myself to go play in this Las Vegas event, and I had people from Buffalo flying to Las Vegas to play with me. So here's the catch, though. It's like my truth meter when I got there was like, mm-hmm. I don't know who you think you are. You have not practiced. Yeah. You have no right to believe that you're going to play great because you have not invested the time and energy to play good. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're right. So let's try to play as good as you can play for a amount of effort that you've put in. Put in, And needless to say, the older you get, the more you need to practice because you get stiff right. and you hit it short. And So I, I was paired with um, – uh, three other people that hit it pretty far. And so I was like, okay, expectation, you're going to be the first one to hit on every shot because you hit it short and you're old and you haven't practiced. So <laughs> I'm preparing my mind for reality. You follow? Yeah. Now, the funny part is, is that I had six three putts the first day and I was still on the top 10, which means everybody wow. sucked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so again, you have to be willing to look in the mirror and reveal the truth if if you choose to get better because there's no hiding in golf. Your score tells what happens, and that's what I love about it. You are right. so accountable if you're really willing to put yourself out on the line. And, and again, some people aren't, and they, oh, well, that's what I do. I Oh, I always do that. Well, maybe you don't need to always do that. Maybe you could change that. So not a whole lot of people more open and willing to reveal their own truth than me. I mean, I'm yeah. sure there are, but I'm and I'm willing to share it, you know, like, wow. Right. So how good can I be for as long as I hit it for as old as I am? I don't know. I haven't reached my potential yet. So while I was out there, I said to myself, you either need to quit playing in tournaments or you need to practice. Mm-hmm. So I hit balls yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know what, and that that's great. And, you know, the thing is, um, you, you have to – I'm going to use Jack Nicklaus uh, as an example on this because I, I remember he, he spoke a number of years back um, when he was, you know, ready to sort of – retire, if you will, from the masters and, and the other majors and things like that. And he said, when I get to the point, and he said this actually before he officially did it, but he said, when I get to the point that I no longer feel that I can be competitive, um, you know, in, in the groups, then that's when I'm going to say, you know, enough's enough. And, you know, when I'm not willing to put in the, 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 cause he knows what's involved. He knows what you have to do to prepare for these tournaments and it's not just the majors, but I'm using those as the example here. And, and he was right. And I think that if you're not ready, then you've got to be, as you just pointed out, you've got to be willing to go out there and do the work. And yes, you know, you're a little bit older and, and that, but you're also a lot wiser. 
and you know what works and what doesn't work by this time in your game. So uh, I I don't want to say that you can cut corners, but you can find ways that are less obtrusive than maybe, you know, 30 years ago um, because you know more now, you know more about your game. You understand um, what it's going to take to be competitive out there. So you can find ways um, to hopefully accelerate a little bit uh, faster than maybe what you would have had to before. Um, but you're exactly right. You have to make that decision, you know, upstairs first. And that's why the mental side of golf is, is so extremely important. Uh, I want to move on to another question because I want to ask you this particular one here because I think this is uh, sort of falls in line with this. Um, things like course management, uh, management excuse me, uh, strategic thinking uh, during a round, and, and even dealing with things uh, in climate weather that you're going to be faced with out there in the golf course. Um, when you're teaching juniors, Cindy, what's the right time or is there a right time that these particular skills need to be introduced uh, or these you know, particular areas um, should be uh, implemented in, in your teaching when you're working with juniors? You know what I think, Ted? I think that, um, I think that these kids get an awful lot of noise from committee members, their parents, right. their golf coaches, if you will, if their high school coach is a uh, math teacher and they've never played in tournaments, I think they might get some advice that may not be true. And and they may believe those things to be true. Example being, you know, if it's cold and windy and rainy, the scores are going to go up about probably five to ten shots. So Right. A parent might say to their kid, well, you know, you better play good today. It's going to be hard out there. You know, it's freezing, it's, the wind's howling, and it's raining. You know, well, depending on the child's personality, they might totally lock up and choke their guts out and try too hard and be the one that goes up the most. On the other hand, yep. if you said to them, you know what, it's really yucky out today. It's going to play hard. So you need to lower your expectations. You need to do the best you can. If you have to lay up on some of these holes, bogey is good. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, two different ways to say the same thing. So I believe that I believe that it's important for these kids to have people in their on their side that have had the experience that understand to help them along in a positive way. Right. I, I believe the messaging has to be that of, you know, I understand how you feel. It's going to play hard today. Don't worry about it. Do the best job you can because we all know that if you're tight and, and you're and you're rushing, you're not going to play well. You must be relaxed right. and thinking, thinking, you know, clearly to be able to perform your best. So what kind of messages are these kids getting, you know, yep. when it's time to play? I've got a young girl that I used to teach, plays in U.S. kids' golf tournaments, whose parents are really pushy. And I was concerned about this little girl. And now the little girl cries on every hole when she plays in a tournament. Mm. And the parents aren't even yelling at her. But this is self-imposed pressure. I hate to see what this kid's going to be like when she's 16. Yeah. I'm just so fearful. I mean, you can really mess somebody up, and it's it's sinful. 
Let me ask you a quick question, just in 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 lieu of what you just said, and I want to and get your honest. I mean, I know it will be honest opinion, Cindy, but um, I really want to get your honest opinion on this. You know, you and I are, are are of a generation. We've seen a lot of changes with today's millennials compared to how we were raised and brought up. Do you think, even though it's important to be, you know, as you just said, positive and 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 forthcoming, um, you know, with your kids, do you think it's also important to um, let them fail early, and I don't mean to force them to fail, but let them experience failures. Do you think that some of the kids today have been taught that they're, um, you know, infallible, that nothing can, you know, that they've they've got their Superman shield on, and when the kid gets out in the real world and experiences fail, they're not prepared to handle it the same way. Do you think? Do you understand what I'm asking you? Do you think that that's uh, an issue today that maybe, uh, and, and I don't know if this particular young lady because I don't know her, but that kids may be similar to her this is the reason why they're not able to handle certain situations because of how they're they're um you know the messages that are being fed to them earlier on yeah you have to learn to lose and you have to be able to have fun i mean i used to say I, and i'm not going to give any clues about who this little girl is because i don't teach her anymore but sure. i and i kind of fired them you know because i thought i'm not going to have anything to do with the downfall of this child and so right. they need to, every day after school, she had something she had to do. And I said, yeah. you know what? Why don't you go home and watch TV tonight? You know, mm-hmm. you need balance. You need to know that you're loved no matter what you do. You need to learn to lose so you can know how to win. And and that's what's so sad. It's like, why don't you just love your child for who they are, not what they bring to you? And what they right. accomplished. So I'm very, very, yeah. These kids are, you know, everybody gets a trophy. It's like, no, that's yeah, not the real world. <laughs> yeah, I remember when that was first introduced. It was one of the last years. I played very competitive soccer when I was a, uh, a youngster and, and and actually got quite to a high level. Certainly didn't get to professional, but got to a high level. And I remember the very last year that I played was when they really started to introduce that. And we were in a very, very important tournament and ultimately, we ended up losing by one by one goal. And I remember um, when they were getting ready to you know to do the the uh, trophy and that um, we all got trophies as the losing team. And I thought, what what the you know why are we getting this? We lost. And yeah. that was just the the mindset that was starting. And it's been downhill and as far as I'm concerned ever since. I, I mean, I think you have to certainly recognize accomplishments of of all players. But I think there has to be um, certainly an opportunity there for them to learn um, from when they, they, they aren't going to win all the time, as you said. Sometimes they're going to lose a tournament uh, in the case of golf, and they need to understand what that feels like because um, I think that truly gives them um, a, a propeller, if you will, to, to, to be better. But um, I see that Jill is ready for us, so let me just do a, a quick announcement here um, for our very special guest this morning is uh, Jill Manstreit. Uh, she's the National Director of Sales uh, Golf for Cause as well as an LBJ Class A uh, professional. Uh, she's also the president of a business that she formed uh, not that long ago and actually introduced last year at the, as I mentioned, the PJ uh, Merchandising Show in Orlando called Caddy Snacks. We're going to talk about that today. And she's also the owner of another uh, venture that she has called Versatile Golf. And we're going to try and get a little bit of that in today. We may have to have her back because um, that's uh, a lot to talk about today. But uh, uh, just a little bit more about Jill. She was born in Omaha, Nebraska, youngest of four daughters, uh, but uh, the only one that seemed to gravitate into the game of golf, her grandfather, who uh, taught her father, who ultimately taught her uh, this great game. 
And uh, I think one of her, her visions is uh, one day that it would be awesome, as she puts it, if her sisters uh, joined in and uh, be a fun foursome. And I, I think that would be uh, certainly fun uh, by all means. She played uh, competitive golf on the women's golf team for the University of Southern California. And uh, she also served uh, as an intern for the uh, PGA, LPGA, and PGA of America at a number of professional golf tournaments, including two majors. And uh, worked uh, for a while at two private clubs in Los Angeles, uh, both three five or three five diamond resorts in Monterey, California, and Scottsdale. And also managed the Nike school, uh, golf school uh, while she was Monterey in Monterey, California. Um, just uh, so many accolades, I'd be here for, for the rest of the, the show. So let's bring her on and, and uh, start the conversation. Our very special guest this morning, Jill Manstreit. Good morning, Jill. Hi, Thanks good for morning. Joining us. Hi. Oh, thank you so much. It was like listening to a This Is Your Life game show. Yeah. Yeah, I, I apologize. I know there was lots of good nuggets in there, Jill, and I apologize I had to cut it off, but you just had so many things on there. We would take up all the time just uh, talking about all the wonderful things that you do. Um, Let's just start off before I know you want to talk about caddy snacks and, and uh, we're going to jump into that. But first, I want you to uh, just talk a little bit about um, your involvement as national director of sales, uh, Golf for Cause. And that, of course, is run by and owned by LBJ professional Debbie Waitkus, who was uh, a guest on our show previously. So um, we're very familiar with it. But for some of those that maybe are tuning in today that aren't familiar, what is Golf for Cause? So Golf for Cause is a organization based out of Scottsdale, Arizona, and we really focus on the title of our company, that there is a cause behind every round of golf. And it's something that Debbie, when she started the company several years ago, um, it was all about a give back. And um, her motto is turn golf into gold. And everybody's gold is different. A gold for me is the elusive hole-in-one that I have still never had. Um, wow. But gold to somebody else that's newer to the game could be making their first natural par. Um, so the nice thing is it's, it's not just a give back as we do a lot of charity and corporate um, fundraising, uh, but it's also about, you know, the personal growth of the game within yourself. It's also to give you something to feel proud about that's outside of work, outside of family, because golfing an individual sport, um, you know, it really is something that you can use as sort of some inner strength. So as I've worked with Debbie for the last three years, uh, we have had a lot of amazing success throughout town. And, and one thing we were really proud of earlier this year, Golf for Cause hit a threshold of $2 million that we have helped raise for nonprofits throughout, not just Arizona, but throughout the country. So the wow. give back, the cause, fundraising, getting more people into the game and, and also giving people a chance to do something special for, for themselves um, has always been kind of the fire. Um, as things have evolved, um, as we're going to talk about later with Versatile Golf, um, I am still doing things in conjunction with Golf for Cause, and Debbie has sort of helped mentor me to be able to open up Versatile Golf where I'm going to be able to tackle some other types of golf events but as it relates to Golf for Cause, we actually have an event just this weekend for the police officers of Scottsdale. So uh, hmm. we're, uh, we're, we're a busy duo. Yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. You know, I, I want to just make a quick point, and then, Cindy, I'll let you jump in uh, here as well uh, and, and, uh, and talk with Jill. One of the things that I've noticed, Cindy, and I'm sure you have as well, with many of our, our um, lady guests that we've had over the, the last few years 
is one of the things, there's a common uh, theme, if you will, is about giving back. I mean, every guest has had some form, whether it's through charity or whether it's through some sort of special events that they're doing, uh, giving back. Have you noticed that as well? I mean, they're just, they're always in the forefront about what can they do to give back um, to a game that's given them so much. Yes. Oh, I, I think have. so. Again, yeah, selfless service, servants is what I call them. It's just, yeah, totally generous and realize that, you know, they're very grateful for what they have and what they've done. So I think that's amazing. Right. Um, now, you launched, um, Jill, last year at the PJ Merchandising Show, uh, Caddy Snacks. Tell us a little bit about Caddy Snacks and what its mission is. Sure. So Caddy Snacks is a partner division of uh, Fitful. And just to give you a brief understanding of how this all came to be, so Fitful has cornered the racing and marathon industry. So whether it's a family fun run or a 5K or a full marathon, um, it is a healthy snack option when you finish a race after enduring, you know, the a racetrack or the streets of your town. Uh, you want something to sort of refuel your body and, and start your road to recovery. Um Fitful is slated to do about a million meals in 2017, and our largest our largest client that does the most races is actually Disney, but we also do a lot with the U.S. Marine Corps and, and several other national races. What ended up happening is because Fitful is sort of this machine, our owner, who is a world-renowned um, ultramarathon Ironman uh, endurance racer, um, wanted to sort of tap into some other markets. And he and I have known each other for a while, and he knows my extensive golf background. So we sat down and we talked about golf and as it relates to a healthy lifestyle for a golfer, which is certainly a trend that has gained more interest in the last couple of years. Um, as somebody right. who has worked at properties, and whether it's a healthy offering on a beverage cart or something for a larger group with a golf tournament, or even at the resorts I've worked with when you've got, you know, several hundred people in a conference, we don't want the entire world to eat a candy bar. Not that they're not delicious and wonderful, but right. when you're trying to have optimum performance, not just physically on a golf course, but perhaps mentally in a conference, um, you know, we want to be able to have something. And, and what we did when we did our extensive research we went to over 50 golf courses and the best thing you could find is maybe a small size granola bar. If you're lucky on a beverage cart, the hot yeah. dogs, the hamburgers, things like that just were not optimum. And, and with, um, with our CEO's background in nutrition and physical fitness, he, he basically said, you know, how does a golfer not just crash energy wise before they even get to the back nine? So we basically took the fun name of Caddy Snacks, which seems to be everybody's favorite name, um, mm -hmm. and we decided to test the waters last year in Orlando, and we did so well that I actually, um, I'm in the middle of getting everything ready for us to go back to Orlando in January, and it, the response that we've gotten, the the phone calls to golf professionals, to GMs, to directors of food and beverage saying, where have you been nobody is doing this why didn't i think of it 
uh, is the constant response. So we are really excited, and I, as a lifelong golfer, I wish I would have had this when I was a junior golfer. So I had something that could help me, and I could, and it's it's small enough and light enough to go into a golf bag. Each of the right. meal boxes have between five and seven snack items, including an electrolyte supplement. We also do put in a handy wipe so you can sort of wipe off your hands and your face so that, you know, as you're handling food, you know, you can kind of rinse off whatever was there and also not get your, your clubs, you know, tacky from any residual food. But it, it is something that um, we did spend quite a bit of research to make sure that the size of the box will adequately fit into the cubbies of a golf cart and into the cabinets of a beverage cart. Whereas all of us who've played golf, and you certainly if you've played in a tournament where you've received a box lunch, you get this big, bulky box that only one will fit in the basket, maybe. Somebody else's right. lunch has to sit on the floorboard of the golf cart. And mm-hmm. certainly it's not bird, squirrel, fox proof, <laughs> depending on <laughs> what, uh, what resides on your local golf course. So we certainly, we, we did a lot to make sure that our boxes were not only just good tasting, but healthy, clever. And the, the beautiful part about our boxes also is that we can have them customized for marketing purposes. So you can custom logo okay. the name of your property, the name of your hotel. If you have an event that has a corporate sponsor, the tournament logo, all of the boxes can be custom logoed. And we can also put collateral marketing pieces inside of the boxes themselves. So it really does turn into some messaging that somebody can take with them um, after their round. What's wow. the cost of a, of a caddy snack, one caddy snack? One caddy snack is $4.50. Oh, nice. wow. And that is the and how, what's the minimum order? For, I'm sorry. What's the minimum order for custom logoed boxes? The cost, there, there is no minimum. What we do, and, and this comes from my, what I felt would be the most cost-effective savings for the property, is we actually put the logo opportunity in the hands of the property or the hotel or the company. Um, I know that my time when I was working within a golf shop, I would have maybe two foursomes of VIP customers coming in, followed by 16 corporate golfers, followed by a birthday party, followed by a 60-person golf outing. So I wanted to have the versatility to be able to switch up a logo at a moment's notice. If we do the logo um, for the properties, we're going to have to ship those to you. It's going to take a little bit of time. You're not going to get that quick turnaround service that I know that I would want if I were at that property. So it's a very um, simple, few-step, clear label that we we send you the instructions and certainly if I can do it anybody can do it right I that's great that we um we actually were were very lucky to provide our caddy snacks to a recent tournament for the Maryland Smith Scholarship Fund here locally um and I can tell you that I personally did the 250 meals and it took me less than 30 minutes So it's a very quick process, but again, we wanted to put the power of being able to utilize caddy snacks in a variety of ways um, in the hands of the golf course and and also to help keep the cost down. And what's the shelf life of a caddy snack box? That's also one of the highlights. Um, 
and so thank you for asking. Um, all of the snacks that come sealed inside of the boxes, they're all individually wrapped, so they will all have a minimum shelf life of three to four months. They do not have to be refrigerated, but you don't have that waste factor that you would get in your traditional either buffet or box lunch where, you know, once a turkey sandwich is sitting out for, you know, maybe even as much as an hour, I certainly know a turkey sandwich in the high heat in the summertime in right. Arizona is going to last a lot less than that. Um, so for us, we're really proud of the fact that we do offer something that has a long-term shelf life. So if you have a tournament of 100 players and maybe only 85 show up, you're left with these 15 meals that you can then repurpose for another day, and you're not mm-hmm. wasting all of that food or the boxes. So I'm wow. on, the, on the Internet right now. I think this is such a great thing, Jill. Thank you so much for bringing it to us. And I see the little box, and I, so I'm assuming that the circle clear label goes on the golf ball because I see the Correct. greater Phoenix something or other, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, we, That's awesome. Um, I think the one, it, yeah, we, we had um, done some programming with the Phoenix Convention and Visitors Bureau, so I think that's the sample um, that you may be looking at right now. Yeah, that's mm. great. So basically what you're saying is this is their box lunch. It can be a box lunch replacement, absolutely. It also can just be – the nice thing is um, as it relates to – we were talking earlier about fundraising, is that it can also be a sponsor's giveaway on a tea box. It could be something that goes in as right. a tea gift. So – the way that you can utilize it, you know, goes in so many different levels. And, and one thing that, that, you know, and whether it's everything, it's just in my spirit because of everything I've done with Golfer Cause and, and just all the different nonprofit work I've done over the years, that knowing that Caddy Snacks can serve as a new, fresh, fun sponsorship level for a fundraising opportunity. Um, it's something that is good for the property because now you don't have to worry about people bringing food on property and they can actually use it themselves through your menu of tournament services. But then you're helping your customer with a new fundraising level of sponsorship. So, you know, we had a group that, that sold the level of sponsorship with the Caddy Snacks for $5,000 for their fundraising for a local children's hospital. And that's well and beyond the cost of the boxes. And they were able to put the logo of the sponsor, and they actually did also include, they did take us up on our insert option and sent us a brochure about their services and also helped to promote their next uh, fundraising event, which was, I think, about six months later. So it, it, it has so many different ways that you can use it, whether it's for profit or not, um, which is really nice. And, and a lot of the golf courses that are reselling the Caddy Snacks, it ranges between 8 and $15, depending on the property. So it's a fantastic new revenue source for a golf course. In addition to that, you also have so much less payroll you have to worry about because you're not mm-hmm. bringing in a chef and three or four people to put together either the buffet or the box lunches several hours in advance. This way, when our cases arrive and they come in meals, all of the meals will come in a case of 48. You basically open the box and either hand it out right away or you spend a quick half hour with one of your staff members putting the labels on, and you're ready for distribution. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Do you see, Jill, this is, um, w- with your concept here, what you're talking about, 
um, obviously you want to get into as many golf courses uh, as you possibly can, but do you see this at, obviously, you know, golf courses are, you know, on their beverage carts have a variety of different products that they're offering. You're not necessarily looking to replace it. You're looking to add it as an option for golfers, correct? That's correct. I know that in, and from my past history and, and I've really used a lot of my industry background and, and my, you know, wins and losses over the years that I know for certain that I was not able to confirm a golf tournament at a course I worked at more than one time because of food and beverage pricing, because a box lunch can be, you know, 30 to $40. And to a right. smaller organization, it's a deal breaker. So for us, yeah. it's to make sure that golf courses are able to say yes to more companies and more companies are able to say yes to them. Wow. That, yeah, you know, and you're exactly right. And, you know, when you talked about, you said that the, the cost of, of one of the boxes is about $4 and something. Yeah, four fifty, and that includes delivery. Right, and if you look at most golf, I mean, depending on where you are, but on average, I would say, you know, a hot dog, you're looking at at least, you know, three, you know, plus dollars okay. just for the hot dog. Then if you get a drink on top, you know, you're easily getting over five, six dollars per person. And of course, it's nowhere near uh, as healthy a snack as what you're offering here. And as you said, you know. Um, people are, are going around the golf course a little more lethargic than that from some of the, the high sugars right. and, and carbohydrates they're eating. So I know I think it's a fantastic idea. And as you said, it, it opens up many, many possibilities as a revenue stream uh, for, for golf courses and golf clubs out there. And, and I think that's why it was so well received at the PGA show last year. Um, I also see here too, um, and maybe you can tell us a little about how this came about. Uh, it's become the official snack sponsor for Zach Johnson's uh, foundation classic. Tell us a little bit how that came about. Yeah, and actually, I'm proud to say that it was a. It came from a conversation at the PGA show. Um, the Zach Johnson Foundation. It, it's certainly it's an amazing organization. What he has done, <clears throat> I certainly have been a fan of his over the years. And you know, mm-hmm. he just always seemed to be one of the good guys. And um, right. now that I've spent some time with him and with his foundation, he's one of the great guys. Uh, what the Zach Johnson Foundation was looking for is just as you had mentioned, a way to enhance the experience. He does an Mm -hmm. annual tournament in his hometown in Cedar Rapids, and he brings in his closest buddies. And lucky for him and lucky for all of the spectators in Cedar Rapids, his best buddies were Jim Furyk, John Daly, Jordan Spieth, um, Ricky Fowler, Jarena Piller, so it, it turns, it's an amazing pro-am. It's a huge fundraiser, and it benefits the local children throughout Cedar Rapids that, you know, either their family or are on hard times, and it, it's really neat what he's done. Instead of it being your typical after-school program, which certainly is, don't, don't misunderstand, certainly something that is necessary, but, but what they have done is his Kids on Course program, which basically takes those children that have a spark those children that you know what she's got a really great singing voice or she's a talented pianist or he wants to learn more about science and they take their extracurricular love and passion and figure out a way to blossom it and it was it was so special of them to ask us to be a part and we did um we actually came aboard because they sold us as a sponsorship level to their local airport, actually, and 
all of the players and the caddies and the volunteers were all fed the caddy snack boxes. Um, so they had something healthy because health and fitness and well-being is also something that is close to Zach and his wife's heart. Uh, mm-hmm. So the nice part is that we actually, Caddy Snacks actually went to Cedar Rapids. So they, we were there that day to help with the event. Um, and it was just, I, I think I cried four times just listening to the amazing stories of these kids and everything that Zach's done and what he's developed. And, and to see the support, I have to say, as I mentioned before with golf being an individual sport, but to see these guys, to see the fellow tour players that Zach goes head to head with every week, support one another. And as I learned they all travel to each other's events. And one funny story that happened the night before the tournament, he has this amazing gala with a huge silent auction and they do hundreds of thousands of dollars of fundraising. He was, Zach was at the podium saying that he had just gotten off the phone with John Daly who called and said, guess what, Zach, I'm coming down. I'm driving in my RV, but guess what? I got stuck in the mud in Wisconsin, (laughs) but I will be there. And sure enough, the next morning, I am walking into the clubhouse, and I see behind me this caked-on-mud RV, and <laughs> out comes J.D. in all of his loudmouth gear. And you know what? Bless his heart, he made it there. And he was he ended up sort of taking over the mic um, during their exhibition. And, I mean, he's just yeah. – he is a character, and he certainly knows how to talk off the cuff. But – so we were really excited to be able to be part of such a day. I think they ended up having over 5,000 spectators. Um, and again, it was, it was just such a great fundraiser and they have asked Caddy Snacks um, to be a part of the event next year. And it's just, a, it's just a, it was an amazing opportunity that we were, we are continue to be very thrilled to be a part of. That's fantastic. And I know that you've also partnered with a number of other organizations, um, which we won't have time to get into too much about that because we're, we're running a little bit uh, short on time. But um, just to, to name a few, the USGA's uh, US Amateur, of course, you've been involved with the PGA Tours AT&T at Pebble Beach um, and LPGA uh, Girls Golf, as well as uh, other LPGA uh, events and that that you're starting to get. But you also offer, I see here, um, a Caddy Snacks Junior. Tell us a little bit about that. Correct. So <clears throat> obviously me growing up in junior golf and, and now I have a little girl and she's starting to, to get into the game. So junior golf is certainly back on my radar more so than it has been in the last few years. And it, it was a necessity because I know what I was given and was not given during my rounds as a junior golfer, even all the way up through when I was playing um, at USC. So the nice thing that we do with our meals um, in our meal boxes, and I know I kind of mentioned how many we had, but in all of the boxes we have a chip and a dip will always be in our menu. We will have right. some type of nutrition bar. We will have some type of a fruit. So there's healthy sugars, healthy electrolytes, good proteins. So what we've done is in our regular caddy snack line, our number one favorite item is our spicy hummus. What we do mm. for the junior line is we will switch that out for a cheddar cheese dip. We will take a, for example, right now our current menu has the Welsh's dried cranberries. We switch that out for their Welsh's fruit snack. And then we will also put in, you know, maybe a fun little treat like a one-serving 
a, one cookie of like an Oreo just to make it still kind of fun and playful for the kids. But they are still getting a caveman bar, a cliff bar. You know, they are still getting all of the good nutrition. The other thing that I, that I as a parent, but certainly somebody who, you know, I'm a calorie counter, I can't help it. But with yeah. our electrolyte replacements, um, it's a uh, powder that goes into basically any drink. With mm-hmm. a Gatorade or any other power drink, you're going to be drinking anywhere from 28 to 40 grams of sugar in one drink. Yeah. In our electrolyte powder, there's only three grams of sugar. So parents that are trying to really reduce the amount of sugar intake by their kids kind of made it known to us that, you know, it'd really be great if you customize something for kids. And it was a, I think we turned the whole idea around in one day because it was just too good of an idea not to jump on. So we were very lucky to be able to work with some AJGA events and with Girls Golf. Um, But also it hasn't just been something for the juniors, but one thing that's been kind of fun is we're getting calls now from junior tours that are saying, well, we not only want you to send meals for the players, but we need to feed the families. We need the parents that are spectating. They're walking the golf courses just as long as their kids are, and we need to feed them too. Um, So it is really nice to be able to feed the whole family and, and have it. And I would say that one of the great feedbacks that we did receive from the USGA LPGA girls golf event, we did a father daughter one earlier this summer is that every box was empty. The trash was minimal and the golf course appreciate the lack of trash out in the golf course. And all of our meal boxes are 100% recyclable. So the golf courses who are all trying to be as green as possible. And I don't just mean the turf. They all Mm -hmm. appreciated the fact that it was, they were offering something that really has almost a zero waste with the exception of some minimal wrappers. Right. That's awesome. Wow. Can you tell us if the pricing is the same for the Caddy Snacks Junior? It is the same uh, because we are offering the same large quantity of, of items. So it, it is the same pricing. Okay. We just try to adjust towards more of a, a junior palette. And then during the course right. of the year, we will change up the menus. Uh, so maybe one month when we ship to your golf course, in January you may get a Cliff Bar, and in June you may get a Luna Bar. So we will try to change up the flavors, the brands, so that every time that we send to you, you're not always going to get the exact same menu offering. Hmm. Perfect. Very good. So you, you need to order a case of 48 to get started. Yeah, we try to keep it to um, our minimum of three cases. But what we're trying to do, and, and I know that I, I had mentioned to you also about um, a special offer we are willing to, to anybody who's listening to your show, if, if they want to start off with just one case to give us a try, we're also um, offering 15% off of any new orders that come from any of your listeners. We just want people to give us a try because we're so confident in the reorder. We're not as worried about the minimum. Right. And what do our listeners need to do to order that? They can just they can contact me directly. My email address is jill at fitful.com. Or they can give me a call, um, one eight hundred. Or I'm sorry, eight five five four fitful, and my extension seven zero four. I'd be happy to talk to anybody. So can you spell? Do the email one more time and spell it for sure. them. So Jill at fitful, J I L L, at S I T S U L dot com. Perfect. Perfect. Very. 
Very good. Thank you. Now, Jill, I know we, we wanted to give you some time. Unfortunately, we don't have it today, but we're, we're going to have you come back because we want you to talk about also about um, your other venture, Versatile Golf. Um, so we'll, uh, Cindy will arrange that with you uh, when it's a, a time that's convenient for you, but maybe you could just give us a, a quick little snippet of, of what that's about. Sure. So Versatile Golf uh, is a, it's, it's an event format where I, the short version was I had read an article that had come out um, about a few months earlier this summer talking about, and I know you have probably talked about this and, and been frustrated as I am about, people are saying that golf is over. It's the death of yeah. golf. It's the end of the road. And nobody has time for four and a half hours and so on and so forth. And I got so frustrated by reading this person's article that I wrote back to him. And as I was writing and I said, listen, golf is not just 18 holes. It's nine. There are some golf courses that do three. There are some golf courses that all they want you to do is come out and get a lesson. And it can also be used for a social background. You don't even have to play around a golf. I've planned several events that have been kind of a miniature putt-putt with cocktails. There is something for everybody. And right. as I was typing and I said, golf is more versatile than you give it credit for. And the word versatile just sort of hit me over the head. And I, and it was just, I was very excited because it is versatile and that's what needs to be talked about the game. It is something that my father, myself, and now my four-year-old daughter can play together. And there are, right. are no other sports you can say that about. So the fact that I'm able to, I had this wonderful aha moment and Versatile golf is all about not just an 18-hole golf tournament that I would be more than happy to help you organize, but it's also about a helicopter golf ball drop as a fundraiser. It's about trying to have a golf course be a backdrop for a team-building opportunity. Even if you're, nobody in your group plays golf, I still have done some very successful programs out on a golf course, not only where the group didn't play golf, but where more than 70% of them were international and had never stepped foot on a golf course, nor knew the language as well. So it's something that I am very excited about it. And certainly I would love to come back and talk to you more about, I've got some programs that are coming up in the next two months. So I'll certainly have a lot more um, kind of some more recent stories to talk about of, of what I'm planning to be successful events, but it is certainly something that, I am proud to shout from the rooftops that there is something for everybody, every age group, every generation, something for families to all be able to do together. And as you said in your beginning, I'm, I'm not giving up on my three sisters and our dream foursome. <laughs> it will happen. But right. it certainly is something well, that, I, that I'm excited and really passionate about. Well, fantastic. And we look forward to having you come back and share that. Um, Jill, thank you very much for coming on and, and talking about Caddy Snacks um, and, and giving us a little bit of a teaser for uh, Versatile Golf as well. And we appreciate that. And we think it's, uh, both are going to be very successful. And uh, we're certainly willing to do our part in, in helping you to continue to promote that. But uh, we look forward to you uh, coming back again and joining us uh, in the near future. Thank I you, Jill. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you so much. And, and to anybody, any of your listeners, and certainly to the two of you, come see me at the PGA Show. We definitely will. will. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Jill. All right. Thank you so much. All right. right, Bye-bye. 
All right, that was a very special guest. I know we ran a little bit over time, but uh, didn't want to cut her off. But that was a very special guest, Jill Manstrite uh, from Caddy Snacks and also Versatile Golf. And, of course, as I mentioned, she's a, uh, an LPJ uh, professional for many, many years and um, has lots of great things in the pike coming down the road. So um, on behalf of Cindy Miller and I, we want to thank you once again uh, to our special guest, but also to the listeners from around the world uh, for tuning into our broadcast. We appreciate it. We look forward to uh, you joining us next week here on the Women of Golf. Thanks, Cindy, and have a great, uh, a great rest of the week. Same to you. Thanks, Ted. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.